listening to Barstool Bender. Welcome back to another great episode of Barstool Banter. I'm Dave, your host, as you know me better, me, Dave. With me, as always, is the amazing, beautiful Nikki. Hello. And, of course, we have our amazing traveling resident bartender, Johnny, with us. I'm happy to be working again, man. Yeah. Yeah. Three bar shifts on Friday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. About About time you get back to work. Tired of you working for me for free. <laughs> Making it all up at once, I guess, yeah. And, of course, we have our awesome editor, Kane. Kane, thank you again for uh, setting up the equipment and running things for us again. Of course. Today, we are pleased to have with us an entrepreneur and very funny local comic, Danielle Trollo. There you go. You did it. I did not butcher it. It's great to have you here on Barstool Banter. On our podcast, we try to emulate typical bar conversation, tell a few funny stories, and highlight some of the great people like yourself that make the bar life in the Twin Ports such a vibrant community. That being said, let us partake in the great conversation lubricant and get started. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive right into this extensive bio that you have here. Uh, you're involved in a lot of things. I'm old, so I've had a lot of time to do a lot. I wouldn't say that. By the way, Johnny gives us thanks for making this the easiest research project he's ever had to do for Barstool Banter. Mm. Um, Hardest outline I've ever had to write, though. I'll mm. put it that way. Mm. Yeah, I'll agree What with do you I there. put in? My God. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Your business career is booming. You're on the way to the jet set of upwardly wealthy funding, founding. <laughs> Johnny, do you want to do this one? All right, let's get into your rather extensive bio. Uh, Your business career is booming. You're on your way to the jet set of the upwardly wealthy, founding over 30 internet-based retail companies, uh, including binoculars.com, telescopes.com, peepers.com, and you sold the name internet.org to the proof that aliens walk among us, Mark Zuckerberg. What exactly inspired you to get into stand-up comedy? Well, there's four things. The first thing was I was sitting in a funeral. (laughs) Oh, boy. Those are hilarious. Yeah. I was sitting in a funeral. I grew up on a farm, and our neighbor had uh, died during a farming accident. He he loved to farm. He just loved it. He'd spend all day out in the field pulling a plow. Mm -hmm. One day, his tractor tipped over, and he was killed. That's a true story. So one day, his tractor tipped over, and he was killed. I went to the funeral, because everybody in the community went to the funeral, and Everybody was saying, well, at least he died doing what he loved. And I thought that was amazing because I learned something about my neighbor that I didn't realize. I didn't realize that he loved having his chest crushed by a tractor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the good old farming pastime. But I couldn't say that at the funeral. So I'm sitting there thinking, the only way I'm going to be able to tell people that is if I get up on stage and tell people. But I think I'll never do that. So that was like 15 years ago. And then the reason I didn't do it is because I was scared. I mean, it was got super nervous with the idea of getting up there. The more petrified I was, the more I thought, you know, then I better do it. Yeah. Because the more something scares you, if it doesn't kill you, you should probably try it. So I started going to open mics, and I went to about 10, 12 open mics, and I just watched. And I realized when I went to the open mics that I could not do any worse than the people who are up there (laughs) the open mics. (laughs) I mean, if I got up there and just said nothing, I would be funnier than some of them. So uh, that would be very like Kaufman-esque. You know, know, do something completely like, 
is this genius or is this? I mean, I, I always liked Andy Kaufman's uh, the, the Mighty Mouse bit where you pretty much listen to every song, but he lip syncs like the what four words? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, that was Underdog. Here was, was it Underdog? Oh no, it was. My, yeah. Here I come to save the day. Yep. And and then I also um, I did have the idea that I wanted to be able to affect people's opinion about things mm-hmm. to. Try to make people more open-minded. And the, the way you can bring people over to a new way of thinking is extremely difficult. I mean, the only way that you can change somebody's mind, that's, there's two ways that you can change somebody's mind once they've really made up their mind. The first way is if you're a trusted advisor. So like if you've been their friend for decades and you've given them great advice, like maybe you're their attorney or their accountant or their best friend, and they've they've turned to you for advice in the past and you've given them advice that maybe he, they didn't consider before or a completely opposite thought than they thought, they you know what, maybe there's something to that they'll think. But you have to be their trusted advisor in order to get away with that. Another way to get people to change their mind is to make them laugh because it uh, fills yes. the brain with endorphins and oxytocin and that creates openings and synapses and people are more willing to accept novel ideas or new ways of thinking. So it's kind of like brainwashing. So that's another reason I got into comedy was for to brainwash people. Without the waterboarding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Without the waterboarding. Is waterboarding an option? Uh, it is. Well, That is it, another way to change I mean, people's yeah. minds. It was, it was, legal. It. It was legal in the, up until about 2016 on stage. Oh, but in 2017, well, you know, then, then I think – uh, well, I don't know how political to get, but then I think it was brought back recently. Well, so I, 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 can, I can sign it as a consent or something. You can it, just It's legal and superior, but not in delivery. Okay. I think well, that's... Everything's better and superior anyway. <laughs> they don't use water here. But it's amazing the laughs you get. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's... In between gurgling and coughs? Yes. Yeah. People, the crowd... That was really funny. I would, uh, I would definitely pay, pay to watch that. Uh, Absolutely. You and 10,000 other people. <laughs> so uh, you're probably our first guest here on Barstool Banter. It's not nervous at all about coming on here and doing recording. Okay. Most of our guests, we have to get them rather liquored up before we even I, start. I'm looking the- forward to that part. <laughs> yeah, this That's going well. Good, good. I mean, most people, it takes us about three shots before they're even ready to get in front of the mic but you choose to you know you choose to stand your back against the wall defend your point of view in a room when it comes to your comedy you're all in the regular but you always couldn't have been so collected under pressure tell us about your first time on stage yeah 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 so that first time i mean i i remember it i had written a it's about a three minute set and when i got up there on stage i froze uh i i felt like I tried to open my mouth and nothing would come out. And I felt like I was standing there for 30 seconds. And I remember thinking, well, they say half the battle is just getting up on stage. So I think I'll take my winnings and go home. (laughs) (laughs) But then I started talking. And because I had it rehearsed, you know, it just started to flow. Mm -hmm. And so then I got through it and I was done. And, And people had asked if it was my first time then. And and I said, yeah. And they said, well, it was seemed better than most people's first time. So it, it seems like you've done this before. So then I thought, okay, well, I, I should probably keep trying to do this. But I went back and watched the video, and I actually was only frozen for about two seconds, but it seemed like 30 seconds. Oh, I'm right, sure it but, felt like an eternity. Yeah. Well, when that many eyes looking at you, it's like... Uh... I had all my friends were there. There was probably, you know, probably 25, 30 people, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was for me. I was petrified. When you're standing there and you're like, just say something, say anything. 
Yes. Say anything. And yes. I was crazy. The turtles. I could, not, yeah. I could not start talking. It was a very strange feeling. Yeah, I've I've thought about trying to go on the stand up before, but it's like I don't think I get past that first time on stage. And I'm I, I'm funny sometimes, but I'm not as funny as you are. I, I I couldn't sit there and come up with a good set, and you see how I'm going off this little bit of an outline I have here. Uh, there's no way I could do it. So my hat's off to you. Thanks. Uh, it does look. I think it looks easy to most people sometimes when they see it from afar. Like you see somebody um, like. Uh, uh, Maria Bamford or somebody will get up on stage and do 35 minutes and you'll or 45 minutes and you'll think, oh, I can do that. But I think it's, and so then they'll get up and try it. But I think it's kind of like watching a concert pianist and you go, oh, that looks easy. And then they get up on stage and just start banging on the keyboard. But it's mm. not really anything <laughs> that's artistic at that point. Right. It's like, uh, you know, I thought podcasting looked easy until I actually got into it. I bet. Yeah, I was listening to a lot of podcasts before I started this, and I drunkenly ordered three mics, and next thing I know, I'm starting a podcast. I'm like, fuck, this is a lot of work. Kane, come work for free. Yeah, he tells me, oh, we're doing a, we're doing a podcast, uh, so, you know, it's going to be me and you, and I'm like, okay, um, I, I get this lip twitch when I talk into a microphone, but I mean, that's gone now, uh, but I still do get a little, like, it. I always get a little stage fright. At the beginning of a podcast, I'm like, mm, but it was really loud at first. Yeah, that lip twitch. I know. You <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. realize or not? The, the scratch. The only one sound. on camera here is Danielle. And, and, so the scratch you know, the, sound. As far as I know, the lip twitch. I don't think it's ever been visible. I think it's just like in my head. But um, no, we've noticed. You look like you're trying to eat the mic sometimes. <sighs> See, judgment, judgment. That's why people are scared of microphones. <laughs> Eat the mic is something we yell at new comedians because they don't hold the mic close enough when they get on stage the first yeah. few times and you can't hear them. They yeah. so, just try to hold it down so here. Say, Eat the mic, eat the mic. And they're like, what? <laughs> so it's a word of encouragement rather it than is. eat the mic and choke yeah. on it and get the hell off stage. Yeah. <laughs> Not like the old vaudeville hook. I want to say I was, I mean, I was really looking forward to this and I am looking forward to it, but I was a little nervous too. I was yeah. a little nervous. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. This is uh, number 18 and... Every time I'm about to say uh, welcome back to another episode of Barstool Banter, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. You can hear it. That's why I always fuck up, and I had to drag Johnny over here, hmm. you know, to finish the whole intro to the podcast. But you know, it, it nerves fuck with you. Well, and we we have the fortune, I guess, to be able to edit. Thank you, Kane, to be able to edit things. So if yeah. something comes out just stupid, we can do it and i'm so thankful we don't have an audience because i would be even more terrified that lip twitch would come back yeah and and, uh you know speaking of that like when you're doing your comedy Mm -hmm. have you ran into many hecklers and if so how do you deal with that well one thing i don't do i learned early to not fight with you i've watched so many pro comics and i noticed that generally speaking the ones that end up in a fight with a crowd that doesn't go well no you just get the whole crowd uncomfortable and I've never seen it work well, except for if that's the personality of the comic, mm. like a Bill Burr, or um, there's some a couple comedians from Minneapolis, Dice right? Clay. That if it's their if that's um, their shtick or their Steve, their Steve routine, he, he's good mm-hmm. about cutting down the crowd if he has to. Then people expect that, yeah. and it goes well. But uh, generally speaking, I find a way to agree with them. So well, it's good. You don't argue with the crowd. It's like, I ask questions. That's usually what I do. Now, have you ever had a heckler that was just... I'm assuming you've had a heckler before that you just couldn't take, had to get rid of? 
No, no, I've seen that many times, but I've not had somebody like that. Usually I can, I can win them over. Like I was doing a show here in Superior and, and sometimes you get a lot of people off the boats or you get the, the union um, boilermakers. So we had a bar full of boilermakers and they were yelling a lot. And so I just, you know, I just started talking to them, you know, what do you do? Uh, we're boilermakers. And I say, oh, well, how many boilers did you make today? <laughs> <laughs> turns out none. Yeah. <laughs> say, well, t- t- turns out the Boilermaker Union. Um, I think I've I've made more Boilermakers, which is actually a yes. shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I know what a Boilermaker actually does. So I, you know, I say, well, what is your passion? What do you do? They're nothing, nothing. I say, well, what do you, we work on the ships. Well, what do you do on the ships? Nothing. We don't do nothing. And I'm like. So now we know, and now we know. I mean, there's been hundreds and hundreds of shipwrecks on the Great Lakes, and now we know why. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. I'd have done something like, well, it's good to know that you do nothing. I'm up here doing something. Will you shut the fuck up, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a shut- bartender, you do get a few yeah. people that will come up and try to nut up to you. And yeah. People you shouldn't imagine. heckle are bartenders and comics. They will yeah. fucking rip you to shreds. And in my experience is... It's always one dude that comes in with eight guys, and he's kind of like their leader or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he starts giving you a guff. If mm-hmm. you can make the other eight laugh at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what was happening in this particular scenario. And after, I mean, everybody had a great time, and then they kept coming back, and it just became a regular thing where we'd have some back and forth, and I'd ask them about their day. And <laughs> Now, do you feel- What do you have to do today? Nothing? Yeah. All right. <laughs> can we move on? <laughs> now, do you feel that hecklers have a place in your show? Generally, I don't make space for that. Usually, if I I don't want them to talk unless I specifically ask a question, then okay. I want them to talk. But um, I mean, what I think hecklers usually think is that they're making the show better. They think that they're contributing. Usually, it's an example of their narcissism. Okay, so you don't encourage hecklers I at all. Don't, but sometimes okay. you can. I mean, when people are really drunk. I don't, and, and you're at the venue where you want them to buy drinks and you don't want to, I mean, they're all customers. Right. So I don't want to ostracize them. I don't want to make them say I'm never coming back here again because I want to be able to come back again. If the owner finds out that I'm making all of their customers go away unhappy, then that's not going to work very well. So my idea is to be as diplomatic but funny as possible. It's a it's an interesting line to straddle. And sometimes I don't always get it right, but. I mean, sometimes it can be awkward and not funny, but usually I don't leave people angry. Good. So, I mean, do you have you ever put a heckler in his place? Like somebody just wouldn't shut up. I mean, I've had a lot of experiences, uh, weird experiences, and you. So, you know, I mean, I should we sh- we haven't gotten into this yet, but um, so it's it's no secret for me to reveal that you know I'm transgender and 57 years old. Oh, that was going to be a whole other yeah, segment. I always want to get that out, but it leads to you know because <laughs> good. You have no idea how writing are, that outline was. Like, I can't bring this up. I got to make sure she does this shit. Did you say fifty-seven? Yeah, you look amazing. Thanks. You do. So, I stopped shopping at Forever Twenty-One though. Now I shop at damn near sixty. <laughs> or as you also like to call it, Chico's. Uh, I'm, Chico's. I'm, I'm still looking for a dad bod store. My, uh, my favorite news store before they shut down for the COVID was uh, the Grand Canyon up at the Miller Hill Mall news store. I don't know if you've been in there. It's a lot like the Gap, but deeper. <laughs> See, now, I, I, on my trip to the Grand Canyon, I, I bought a pair of sweatpants that say Grand Canyon all down the leg. And I just, I have a hard time wearing them in public because my pants say Grand Canyon all down the oh. leg. I don't know. If Better I, than your ass saying yeah. Gap. I was walking behind a lady one time at, at the mall and just had a G and a P 
on on each cheek, and I'm like, what the fuck is GP? Oop. And then she picked her wedgie, and it said gap. And I just I just had to take off, take a left down the other thing, right where that fountain is, and just fucking into the store, just laughing my ass off. The people at the sports memorabilia store laughed their ass off. Anyway. I, I've yet to find a pair of men's jeans that has words on the butt, except for maybe Wrangler or something. <laughs> so but. what's uh, what's the opposite of the gap up? Dave's Peak. Oh. Devil's Crevice. Gander Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that would work. Dave's Cone. The Virgin Islands. On that note, I'm going to do a shot on that note. I, I'm, I'm good. Yep. I'm good. <laughs> I'm still drinking. Like I said, you're basically for, doing a for shot. For folks at home, I'm still drinking. So I was sitting at a, a bar. So I, ha- I had walked into the, it's a, it was a restaurant bar. And when you walk in, sometimes you make eye contact with people. And so I'd make eye contact with this guy and he's sitting at a table with a bunch of other guys. And you make that initial contact and sometimes you can tell that they're interested. You get a a smile that is recognizable. And so for the rest of the night, I'm sitting at the bar and I keep noticing him staring at me. And in the early part of the evening, it's a very happy, like, I want to get to know you better kind of look. And then uh, he even walks over at one point and, and gets a drink and says hi and asks me a few questions and then goes back. But then after a couple of hours, his friends keep talking to him and his smile kind of turns to a frown. And I'm like, oh, I know what's coming here. And so after then he walks over, he walks all the way across and he goes, I know you're a man. I'm like, what? I know you're a man. I go, no, no. And, and he said, yes, I know. I can tell. And I said, Oh, why is this important? Why did you walk all the way across the bar to come tell me this? And he said, because I want you to know you're not fooling me. You're not going to trap me. <laughs> like, um, excuse me, asshole. I'm sitting on the other side of the fucking bar. Yeah. I at no point approached you. You came up to me. So you must be feeling something. So I said, I said, so I said, why, why? I mean, why do you say that? I'm not going to trap you. Why would you say I'm going to trap you? And then he literally takes his hand and he goes from the top of my head and he waves it down to my feet and he goes, well, then why are you here? <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to do like a crocodile Dundee moment or something when he's like, he raised up his hand. It's like, well, why are you here? And so, you know, I thought it was, so I got to chat with him a little bit, you know, and I found out later that he was a real estate agent and he was there with another professional real estate agent. His other friend was a pediatrician. I mean, these are upscale, nice, supposedly respected people in the community. But so, you know, I won his trust over. And then um, as I'm leaving the restaurant, you know, he falls, follows me out. And so uh, then I was able to uh, push him into a nine foot by nine foot hole that I dug outside the restaurant. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, so I did end up trapping him. It worked perfect. Good job. <laughs> Full of spikes and dildos. <laughs> well, I mean, you dug a you dug a nine foot hole in the back of a restaurant. Obviously, you employed somebody to do that. Uh, do you have so, those outside pre- all premeditation? Do you have those outside all restaurants? Well, the ones I regularly go. to. Okay, as. all right. <laughs> Is that like a permit thing? You have to go through the city of Duluth, or uh, you just do it at night get, for some night digging? Yes, uh, only uh, night digging is pretty. You can get a permit for but you usually need a variance. Okay, <laughs> then you got to call that number to make sure you're not going to hit any wiring or pipes. Actually, you, you got a lot of work put in. I know, I know, oh. the, but the wiring is beneficial because I mean, you, know, you, you fill you, with some water. You're at least supporting, you know, <laughs> 10, 12 people. You know, and they got a job because of you. Just for a joke. Yeah, just for a joke. That is awesome. 
Is that the fourth way you change somebody's mind? <laughs> Throw them in a hole? <laughs> uh, so we got comedy, being somebody's mentor, tossing them in a hole, and waterboarding. And then this is another true story. This is another true story. So I just, just after I got off stage, so I'm getting off stage. There's a gentleman sitting out in the audience. And as I walk past him, he goes, so are you a man or a woman? So, uh, so he, and I said, no woman. He said, well, uh, you're funny and you're pretty. You want to go on a date? Well, I tend to prefer women. He said, so, uh, so you, you like your pussy licked? Well, I can look pussy. I can lick pussy. You want your pussy licked? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then later, you know, he's getting down and he goes, wow, wow this is, is huge, huge. <laughs> and then priest say, hey, let me out, let me out, let me out. <laughs> so now I have two. I've trapped two. <laughs> I have two male sex slaves. They're so cute. <laughs> He must have been short. <laughs> and they they tell me they'll do anything I want them to do if I would just put down the gun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard master slave relationships. But then, but, then, but then you say, no, if I put down the gun, you always try to run away. Well, we know how this works. I've heard master slave relationships can be consensual. Uh, St- Stockholm syndrome, I believe, is what it's called. That doesn't turn oh. me on. <laughs> I mean, because if they're not scared, if they're not really scared, then they're not shaking. And if they're not shaking, then there's no motion in the ocean, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. It's just no fun. <laughs> Because I, I really love the involuntary spasms of fear rubbing against me. <laughs> I, I, you could try sticking your finger in a dude's ass. I can't disagree with you on that. I really you'll, have, you'll have something spontaneous happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be fear. It's, it's not it, fun until Dave's Is it dark crying. enough for you yet? <laughs> oh, how much are we into this? We're in oh, we got plenty of time. Oh, we're good. We're good. I mean, if, if the rest of this podcast is just you doing, uh, you know, you telling us jokes, that's fine. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I, I love the, the afterthought comments. Like, people are thinking about what you're saying and you're processing it, and then you throw in that, like, comment at the end, and you're just like, oh, God. Those are Complete left turn. Yeah. yeah. In the business, we call that a tag. I like that. I like that. Because I feel like a lot of people don't get when I do it, but maybe oh. I'm just not that funny. No, you are I don't funny. Know. You had a really good one at the start yeah. there. Who, what? Huh? What? See, they don't always listen to me when I talk. That's the, you know, being a girl. I listen to you, yes. but I face everyone, so... I was reading. I can't read and listen at the same time. <laughs> we know this. But, you know, being heard anyway. So you've, <laughs> had, you've had experience in that. So mm-hmm. I think I've heard you make comments about how mm-hmm. people's reactions to you changed. Mm-hmm. Man versus woman. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. What is the most infuriating thing about being a woman? For, f- uh, for 50 years, I was socialized as male. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like being raised by wolves. I feel like, I mean, it's not what I expected. I feel like I'm learning French after been grunting my whole life. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I didn't expect the most was I, I was surprised by people not listening to me when I talk. It's something. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think people underestimated. I think uh, I underestimated. I knew there'd be some discrimination. I didn't think how pervasive it would be. And I think a lot of women grow up with it. So it's like a... F- like being inside an aquarium, you kind of don't realize it because that's all that you've experienced. Um, having been outside the aquarium for a while, it's amazing how pervasive it is. I put it at about 23%. Wow. Uh, that, so like if men are going on a flat surface, women are going 23% up a hill. 
all hmm. the time. Yeah, you, may, nice you may not outcome. see the incline, but when it's there, you feel it when you go for a long walk. Yeah. Good for the glutes, though. <laughs> well. Well, it does make women stronger. <laughs> That's why women have better asses than yeah. men. This is true. Because we're constantly walking uphill. Plus, we're borderlining on the political. So, yeah. yeah, well. So, nah, nah. We're, so, we're so what I got from this is, uh, you know, to all the couples out there, this goes out to the men. Uh, if you find yourself about to go on a backpacking trip with your significant other, make her carry all the heavy stuff because she's been getting a lot of exercise. Her legs can take it. Well, she's still going to be walking uphill. Yeah. Going on a hike with. Yeah. Carrying all the heavy man. stuff. You man. I don't know. You man. I'm not a huge feminist, but there are some times where I get a little, like, tear me roar. Roar for We're about to see her have her first domestic here on Barstool Banter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, see, no. You guys are Here's in a relationship. Yes. yes. Uh, how long has that been? Almost three years. 20-some years. Oh, it'll be three, it'll be three years in August. Yeah. Who made the first move? I did. I had to chase her. How did that? How did you do that? How did you win her over? Well, the, the first time we met uh, it was actually downstairs here. Well, no, actually, I got to go back a little bit. Because I just randomly sent like a bunch of people friend requests when I got released from my 10-year stay. I was in another relationship. I refer to it as doing a dime in prison. <laughs> so I just sent out a bunch of friend requests. She accepted. I ran into her about a month and a half later downstairs. I she only could- accepted because we had like 40 friends in common. Yes. So she comes in after playing volleyball, comes up to the bar besides me. She orders a Bud Light and a shot of Jack, which was what I drink. And I immediately was just like... Oh my God! I need to know you. Now had to chase her for like three weeks, and I was busy. Then she raped me. Uh, we've wow. been together since. Well then, <laughs> Nick, so Nick was, can be aggressive. That led into my next my next question. So, what is her best attribute? What is um, what is she really good at? PG thirteen. Yeah. Uh, no. Or, oh, no. Are we doing? No. <laughs> I want the truth. Oh. oh, Nikki, you can listen. No, this is a positive thing, right? What is, what is her know. greatest? What is her greatest skill? What is her greatest talent? She does this grippy thing with her vagina. It's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she does talk about that a lot. It's like there's a little midget in there giving you a tight hand job. That's okay. an amazing skill. <laughs> Have you so, gone up there with a flashlight just to be sure? What no, is, not What yet. is his best attribute? He does this grippy thing with his vagina. <laughs> <laughs> See, you are I'm damn good at it too. <laughs> That's very funny. No, honestly, like I feel like I've, people have asked me that question. What is it that drew you to Dave? You know, Rednecky, and he's Dave. Me, Dave. Pretty much. And it's yeah, humor. He makes me laugh. No, yeah, really everybody, everybody literally asked her like when we started dating. You know, he makes why me the feel special. Fuck he really are does. You with Dave. Yeah, you know, I'm no great catch. You know, I'm a 300 pound bass, if that. You know, and it tastes very sour. Um, see. <laughs> well, well. In all honesty, uh, the bar was set pretty low with poor Nikki. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have a trying past relationships and. But and Dave is a good but, dude. But you made him work for three weeks. I did. Yeah, no, I, I literally had I to chase really her. Uh, she was not easy to start dating. Um, she blew me off a lot. Uh, still does. Um, <laughs> do you live together? Yes. We do. Okay. We do. And she still blows me. Was that a double yeah. entendre? Mm-hmm. Uh, so much no. so to where... Uh, Absolutely not. Actually. She, 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 <laughs> she blows me off so much so to where my fantasies, I am not included in my fantasies with her. <laughs> he has to sit on the couch in his own fantasies. <laughs> 
<laughs> in his own fantasies? In my own fantasies, I sit on the couch while she goes off and does who knows who. <laughs> wow. This is not anything I actually do. Just throwing that out there. No, but it's his fantasy. It just sounds like Jergens and Tears. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Dave's fantasy is just soft hands and <laughs> soft hands and sadness in his heart. And maybe a people. <laughs> I like where this is going. This is good. <laughs> We're giving her material and we don't even know it. Right. So. Well, I sent her one thing. Yeah, you did. Right. That was funny. Johnny, I told you, don't be sending our future guest dick pics. <laughs> I told it was you funny. This. It was funny. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's what every guy wants to Fuck. hear. Right? <laughs> That's how it. it uh, ever... Dave did the setup, and Daniel for the spike, right in my crotch. <laughs> That's what I want. All, all ladies that are listening, anytime a guy sends you a dick pic, you need to respond with, "Oh, that's cute." Oh, that would crush you, dude. Exactly. I'm not into shiitake. It's more or less a portobello mushroom. <laughs> yep. Now that scene popped in the head. Is it shiitake monkey? Editing must be the most difficult job here. <laughs> it, 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 it you can't are, be. You're the most valuable player and you hardly get to oh, talk. Uh, oh, he's got a mic. He, uh, he interjects if, you know. Sometimes I have jokes, but usually I just listen. Yeah, what is your passion? What is my passion? Yeah. I have no idea. What do you love to do? It's uh, Kane is actually the most talented one. Of the podcast. And the smartest because he talks uh, the least. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's another thing, too, is I don't want to sound like an asshole. Not, not only does he handle all the technical stuff for us, the editing, but during the quarantine or the lockdown, whatever the hell you want to call what we just went through, Kane actually did several parodies that would put Weird out of shame. Well, I think one day we're going to force him to do one live here on the podcast. One of his co-videos? Yeah, one of his co-videos. Are you a musician? Yeah, well, sort of. I used to play a lot. Quarantine kind of inspired me to start playing more. And then, what is your instrument? Guitar. He did one that was was a parody of uh, Sex and Candy. Yeah. yeah, actually, Johnny helped write that one too. Yeah. I helped write that one. That was <laughs> that was. What good. was the what was the title change to? If you're changing the title to, I don't know if we ever came up with that. What do you say in place of Sex and Candy? Lounge chair, sticky belt is probably the. <laughs> <laughs> That one was all about masturbation, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, and being lonely and, yeah. yeah, whatever. It was actually kind of sad, but funny. It's kind of like my life. <laughs> well, it's like you listen to it, watch the video, and it's like, no, yeah, I can totally see that. Can if I? you realize that he has a beard and drinks PBR, you'd understand the humor behind the sadness. They're usually, I mean, yeah, some of the greatest starts are can <laughs> from tragedy, so, whether it's humor or paintings or music. So, yeah, we could all be great artists. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Dan- Daniel, with the Lumen pandemic, you know, late night talk show hosts have been broadcasting their shows from their house to basically no audience from what I've been able to tell. How difficult has it been to work on new material without immediate feedback from a live crowd? Yeah, that's what this is about. I just... <laughs> All my jokes are killer. No, all of them. <laughs> yeah, but if you can push the button, then only you th- and you think it's. Of course, you think it's funny. Yes. But I mean, trying to like work on new material without any feedback uh, from someone else has got to be difficult. It's extremely difficult. Yeah, I uh, I have a ton of new jokes that are just uh, from long to silly, and I have no idea if they're any good. So I'll just I have them queued up. Can you teach an old nun new habits? <laughs> 
Is that funny? <laughs> it's punny. But yeah, it's funny. fun. I like it. That's the kind of I have the hat they wear is a habit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why. No, I, I was I was thinking about the actual question. I'm like, well, I did teach a priest a new habit. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna doubt that was new. Well, it's pretty hot. You probably hot pick them up new habits. Just sprinkle a little <laughs> methamphetamine in the church wine. Uh. Yes. Oh my God! Church yes. would be so lit. Like if you <laughs> did that, that would that would be LSD if you did that. So if blood is, or wine is the blood of Christ and the bread is the body of Christ, what is the um, methamphetamine of Christ? Ooh. Zealotry. I think Westboro Baptist Church figured figured that out. Whatever it is. Yeah, they were all doing math. <laughs> the dandruff of Christ. The dandruff. Of, yeah. The dandruff of Christ. Amen. Get this guy some head and shoulders. <laughs> I just remind me, I hadn't loosened my head today yet. The, these are the potatoes of Christ. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Methamphetamine, the dandruff of Christ. I like that. <laughs> dandruff of Christ shed for you, yeah. as for many. <laughs> now go forth and hold up really offensive signs at soldiers' funerals. <laughs> I, uh, during the, during the... <laughs> It's okay to laugh into the mic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're just glad we're making you laugh for a change. <laughs> I uh, during the uh, during the COVID thing, I did develop two phrases to make it look like I had empathy. <laughs> can't wait to. I can't wait. I love yeah. this. <laughs> the first one is uh, we're all in this together, right? Ugh. Yeah, we're all in this together. Yeah. And the second one. And now these these both these phrases you can use them in any situation. The second one is now that's my kind of porn. <laughs> <laughs> so like if your if your coworker calls you up and says, "Oh, I'm already exhausted and I still have three Zoom calls today." Wrong. You can say, "We're all in this together." Yeah. But you could also say now that's my kind of porn. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an important distinction to make. Yes. If you're on that Zoom meeting, do close the windows <laughs> on the top of your computer just to be sure you're not Zooming with. One of the best videos I saw was a woman who was had the potato filter on the whole time oh. <laughs> in her business call. Well, it was the, the tabs on top. You could have like a porn site on top. People yeah. have been Zooming with a porn site on top and you can see that. Throughout the meeting, I mean, on the computer. No, I'm we not Zoom, but I don't yeah. recall these. I, I'm not gonna lie. We That's because most of us did it on our phones and whatnot, not through like another computer. I mean, he was on the. We were on the laptop, but no, I'm not gonna lie. We did. Um, we did share porn. We we did we, we did a lot. Yeah, we did a lot of Zoom calls during. There was a uh, painting, a butthole painting one that was exceptionally entertaining. Well, no, it, it was not butthole painting. It I really painting. liked your use of orange in that. It was painting with your butthole, yes. and basically this porn star had a funnel or like a douche bottle or something, mm. squirted paint up her anus, it, I believe it was an and then farted thing. it out onto uh, a canvas. Well, we're all in this together. Yes. <laughs> now that's my kind of porn. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, during our Zoom calls, it's like if something gets brought up, it's like, well, fuck, I have the power to share my screen. You're going to watch this. It's like I forced somebody to watch two girls, one cup. I'm sorry. Forced. <laughs> no. They, they could have removed themselves from that call. No, absolutely. I mean, they stayed. You know, and 
Oh, I can't believe you're making me watch this. Well, turn it off, Karen. Just watch it <laughs> So if you were on a Zoom call and you oh, had no, accidentally left a, ta- a porn tab open, what would it say? For those at home, I'm asking Nikki. Yeah. Um, honestly, it would probably say scissors porn. Guys, but- <laughs> no, you're fine. That's why I sit on the couch for my fantasies. <laughs> Vagina is terrifying. What do you think? But- what do you think Johnny's would say what if the- you were on a Zoom call and you accidentally left your porn tab open? What would it say at the top? Oh, I'm into anime stuff. That is <laughs> destroyed. Now, the now it's camera. a party. Make sure it's still working. We don't have money. It's a tough camera. Yes. Yeah, it is. Perfect. I love it. You got to leave that in. Don't remove it. Yeah, Johnny's porn is. Oh, God. He gave you a hint, but I think you should ignore his hint. I think he's into, like, Japanese tentacle porn. I mean, I can totally see him watching anime porn. Is your anime porn animated, or is it real-life actors wearing outfits? Oh, uh, no, just the... I don't know. I just threw that in there. (laughs) You guys are going to have to guess. (laughs) Um... Is your is your uh, porn legal? Is it is your fa- is your fetish legal? Oh, it's, it's not snuff films or anything of that nature. Okay, <laughs> I like I like this version of Twenty Questions. <laughs> I'm glad we had to specify that it was not a snuff film. <laughs> and I, I I'm a little suspicious that that's the first thing that came. Oh come on, we've uh, all Googled something that is probably considered a mild dope, felony. Dope. Well, that's the only thing that I know that's illegal porn. I don't know what else would be illegal porn. Oh, there's guys, a uh, guys, <laughs> don't worry. Nicholas Cage isn't knocking on my door asking me if I did a snuff film. So, All right, that's a movie reference. Nobody's going to get it. It's another one it. of those <laughs> shitty Nicholas Cage movies. It well, he's called, made a lot of them. It was yes. called 8mm. Uh, oh, I have heard of that one. Yeah. That was before he actually went batshit crazy. No, it was I a few years ago. It was like right in the middle. I feel like Johnny is MILF or like a stepmom kind of. Why? Is that just because that's what I have for a girlfriend? Well, no, uh, I. That's what I have for you. I don't see you looking up teenage porn. I don't see you looking at. Uh, well, it's really awkward to do that now because she has a teenage daughter. So, yeah, that is right. completely off the menu. And you but, should never Google teenage porn because you don't know if you're getting. Which is why you stick to reputable porn sites, if that is a thing. (laughs) If they ask for your credit card information, say no. So you're in a relationship with an older woman? No. No. She's my age. Oh. We just, I look at MILF. MILF, yeah. Well, that would be a mom. I mean. Okay, okay. okay. She's a mom. It's like, I'm I'm with a MILF. I mean, she's technically older, but not. Technically. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Johnny. Three years? She's technically a cougar now. No, I thought it went cougar, badger, mountain lion. Or no, cougar, mountain lion, badger. I'm a two-toed sloth. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> two-toed she's over sloth. that. Um, Did you used to be a three-toed? A uh, platypus, I think. Was like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she gave you guys the easy questions. Hey, what are your hopes and dreams? Johnny, what's your search history on your phone? <laughs> she didn't ask me. She asked you me. went to the bathroom. Apparently, some things are off limits. <laughs> hey, I answered honestly. Yeah, I was told that everything was uh, was fair game. So my big, biggest frustration, we're talking about looking up porn, and you know, you see the ads on all the porn sites, and there's usually a cartoon in there, mm-hmm. and there's always this one for Lois from Family Guy, and there's no way to watch it without... <laughs> all in the Family Guy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Anywho. It's the, it's the um, Amazon recommendation for porn. If you like this, then you'll like that. <laughs> no, I really don't like that. I, I've yet to be able to find a free version of watching Lois from Family Guy's porn without having to pay. And like you said, don't ever have to put in your credit card. What? 
Or Marge from well, they, Simpsons. They have both of those on Pornhub as well Simpsons. as Leela, and they got them all. I okay, so I have a confession. Watch it without having to. Oh wait, Dave's gonna make a confession. Oh, I have a confession. All right. I don't do porn. I I don't watch it. I don't look at magazines. So like some of the jokes I see on Facebook about the whole step brother porn thing, I just kind of laugh with, but don't really know it's out there. So when it comes to porn sites, it's like okay, yeah, I guess and. Closest thing I've came to watching two girl, you know, two girls in porn like Nikki likes is two girls one cup. I don't like two girls one cup. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a good example to. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, no. Yeah. So I mean, I really don't know like what is out there because I just don't. I Dude, think it's. All, I think it's anything out is out there. It's yeah. all out there, man. If, that is my friend. If there is one person that has one inkling of yeah. a fetish. There's somebody who's thought of that already, and that shit's there. And like as my friend, porn? my friend comedian Bob Ace Track, he says, uh, and if you Google it and it isn't there, well, then that's a business opportunity, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> if you're flexible and probably stretchy. Yeah, it's like I've always kind of lived by this code. If I can't lick it, fuck it, or touch it, I don't want it. Is there anything that doesn't fall into that category? No. But, you know, porn is I really like, like I electricity. Can't. You shouldn't do any of those things. <laughs> well, All things considered, actually, I would really yeah, like electricity. That's, I don't want to show, but I've seen that there is electricity. There are, is electricity involved in porn. Yeah, I've seen. So, You've seen it, too. So I've, well, no, I. I, <laughs> I got it out of him. I did one um, bouncing shift. He did one uh, porn. Yeah. He, he, one porno. <laughs> he did one porno. He did one porno. electricity one. I, no comment on that one. That is a question for another time. Uh, no, I did do one bouncing shift at the the um, the main club while they were doing a fetish night. And, yeah, they had, like, this electrically yeah. paddled, mm-hmm. looks like one of those little fly swatter things, mm-hmm. you know, that. You that looks like a tennis Grumpy's. racket. There was one at Grumpy's. Yes, there was. Yeah, but this one was fucking sinister looking, like spikes and shit with a dildo on the I mean, not side. that we ever <laughs> Grumpy's doesn't know how to do electrical porn. Um <laughs> like the main club. I mean, it's not that we Well, no, Sarah Lucas, Grumpy's. who was bartending there for many years. She, she had porn Sundays. Yeah, she, she had porn Sundays. At Grumpy's or she put porn okay. on, on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to insult Grumpy's about their porn. No, it's fine. They're closed now. They're closed okay, now, it doesn't matter. Closed. It's now the Tipsy Beaver. We've are, and we've also already had him on the podcast, so fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> we've with, got all we need from you, Craig Berger. <laughs> Grumpy would like that. Not seriously, mate. I love you. I, I did get asked, because I took over Sunday nights, and this was, I mean, a decent amount of time after Sarah left, but I did get asked when I was bringing back porn Sundays. It was Craig that asked, but... Because I feel like I would be judged by what porn I picked. Not necessarily me being... Not okay with showing porn at the mm-hmm, bar, but mm-hmm. it would just be a little bit too much responsibility. It's like I'm, picking a jukebox song. I, I'm not that judged you, by what you play on the that, jukebox. Why like, you really a porn you really jukebox? Want There's regulars a like no. Russ turned on while staring absolutely at you. Not, <laughs> absolutely not. No. I I considered for a brief minute when I took over Sundays for as bartender, you know, bringing the porn Sundays back. But I was just going to have guy-on-guy porn playing the whole time. Well, it's different. If a guy So would a porn jukebox be a beatbox? (laughs) There you go. There you go. Beatbox. (laughs) And instead of... (laughs) Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) That's all I got for that. I'm sorry. 
Uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to steer it in this direction. If you want to change the <laughs> Oh, no. no. Keep it on this tack. Okay. By all means. This is about you, so that's what we do. The outline is normally bullshit by the time we're about... It's like I, I, I had this whole list of accolades I was about to run th- roll through, uh, but no, we can keep going down this path. I'm good with it. I have no further questions at this time. <laughs> I plead that I. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to segue, we're talking about websites, and you know, I don't, I don't know how stuff. to segue it. <laughs> we did talk briefly. We're dropping things. That's oh. a good sign. Well, I'm- we we talked briefly about you selling. Was it internet.org? What? Oh, um. What was the website? Internet.org? Uh, that's the one that I sold. Yes. Did you just. How did that How did that come about? Did you just buy up a whole bunch of domain names uh, when the I've internet started? Or like- I've collected domain names for the last 25 years. Like some people collect art, I think. I kind of. It's like my. You no, know, some people collect dolls. Yeah. I, col- I collect donim- domain. I currently. Like I own psychedelic- psychedelic.com. You're a GoDaddy girl, huh? I do. I do have GoDaddy. I. <laughs> Just because they do it well. They do it well, even though I don't particularly care for their ads yeah. sometimes. <laughs> so. Sorry. What the fuck was that, Nick? <laughs> they've got, you know, I mean, they've got this scissors ad. I can't, I can't ad. say the word daddy yeah. without it being dirty anymore. She's like, yeah. Go, daddy. daddy go. <laughs> uh, so I do collect domain names. And yeah. So one day I get this email that says uh, i'd like to buy internet.org and i said well i really love the domain name i'm not willing to sell it and uh, so then there's this knock at the door and the guy <laughs> i don't know if i should tell the true story or the made-up story oh tell it <laughs> the, which story the made-up story or the true story? i don't know what, story. which is better uh, so there's a knock at the door and the guy, uh, the guy says come with me so i go we get into a limo we go to the, the dlh the duluth airport and they fly me to San Francisco, and then we're. That's all it takes to get somebody to come with you. Is just yeah, well, a limo, limo, a limo, and, lim- and a private jet. Hey, you got that? Hey, <laughs> come with me. And you nice see. limo, private jet. What? So we, we end up we end up on Mark Zuckerberg's home in San Francisco, which, by the way, he bought up all his neighbors' property just so that they so they would have like a buffer around it. And then he has security on his garbage. I don't know if you so. So wow. What else to, would you do with all the alien anal probes yes. that you have to throw away? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want access to Mark Zuckerberg's garbage, good luck with that. Uh, so we go I don't to know the, if I'd want to see what's in there. We go to the top of his house, and uh, and you know, and there's like DJ, and everybody's dancing at the top of his house, and we're sitting down for dinner, just me and him across from the table. He goes, I want to buy internet.org. I said, I said, I don't want to sell it. So he pulls out this briefcase, this uh, stainless steel and he pushes it towards me and i pop it open and it's full of cash and so i, I sold him that domain name no that's made up story <laughs> that's the made up story <laughs> okay story. <laughs> so the real story. no showing up to your house oh, okay. with a limousine and a private jet and we can take <laughs> yes. you anywhere yeah. okay the real story is i get this uh email from a, a french guy like juan well, that's that's Spanish, I guess. Did he but, tell you 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 were heir to a throne? No. Oh, okay. Uh, French, I get those not emails. French, not ni- Nigerian. I, just, I mean, foreign people. By the way, always answer those Nigerian emails. You never know. Oh God. You never. You never know. You never know. 
how much gold they have. I have squandered my family fortune. So is this guy, he offered like $1,000 for the domain name. And I said, well, that's not enough. It's internet.org. I own the internet. I mean, internet.org. I own the internet. <laughs> you want to buy the internet from me for $1,000? That's not that enough. The internet's organized. Yeah. And it's, and it's a charity. And so... Uh, he said, well, then I'll give you $50,000 for it. And I said, well. That's a jump. Yeah. I said, well, that's still not enough. And um, so then he offered seventy five, And I said, no, you know what? I mean, I love the domain name. I love having my email address being me at internet.org. That was my email oh my address. God. That was How cool. much spam did you get? Uh, none, really. Uh, she and, owns the internet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. So I built this, I built this the world. website <laughs> around it where um, – George, we were we were delivering internet access to George Clooney in Italy. That was my website there, where we would bring internet to him on helicopter using pistons and pulleys. <laughs> it was a silly website. Uh, so you know, he said, "Well, we'll give you seventy five thousand. I said, "You know what? I really love the domain. I don't want to sell it. I'm just I want to keep it. I collect domain names." So he kept raising his price, raising his price, and eventually, I'm like, "Hmm, I'm probably being stupid now." So I called some friends and I, people who I respect in their in the business, and I said, um, "Tell me, I should probably sell the domain name." And I, I, all this time, I'm thinking this this guy from France, because they it wasn't Mark Zuckerberg; it was his lawyer. It was a lawyer, one of his lawyers. His French lawyer named Juan. Yeah, that's totally so, something a human would hire. <laughs> yeah. <And> so, <laughs> so eventually, I said yes. And um, and then I didn't know it was Zuckerberg until I read about it in the on CNN a couple days later. Oh, so you figured it? Uh, I had to you f- totally could have hit him up for way more than I, that. Well, that's the whole point. The whole point is that they didn't want to tell me that it was him because I would have asked for even more. But uh, so, but we did. I did okay. I, so I paid, will you will you mm-hmm. are you gonna release the final price on? That? I can't. Okay. But okay. what I can tell you is I paid. But it's over seventy five. Yeah, yeah, it's over seventy five. I paid what for. I paid 40k for it when I bought it. Ooh, oh, and he offered you a grand and then 50, so only ten thousand yeah, dollar profit. Okay. Not enough. And I was going through a divorce at the time, which I also used. I said, you know, I'll just have to split it with my ex. And so then he doubled it again. It was fun. It was a, it was an interesting negotiation, and I really expected him to go away, and I wanted him to go away because I love I did love owning the internet. Yeah. <laughs> How long did you own the internet for? It was only a year. Really? Yeah. Did you buy that from Al Gore? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Al Gore. Th- what did Al, Al Gore, Al, 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 Gore Al Gore sold it to you for 50k <laughs> and then you yeah, it's still a good turnaround of profit. I went and I when I bought it from Al Gore, it was just all this it was like a suitcase full of pipes. I had to put it together. Yeah. And you turned it into pulleys and helicopters I and things for George Clooney. <laughs> Yeah, because George Clooney watched so much porn, we had to start using helicopters to bring it in. In um, uh, I could see that actually. <laughs> yeah, George Clooney. He loves his porn. Clooney-tang. Yeah. Anyhow, that's, that's what he—that's that's what he refers to his sexual content his or conquest as his Clooney-tang. I love it. <laughs> so then Mark Zuckerberg turned it into a charity, and I felt really guilty. Did have you? Did you buy um, domains like? I don't want to say when the internet was invented. That's not. I'm not Al Gore. Uh, but you don't say. Obviously not. All this time. But did you buy any that were like super reasonable that you? 
I mean, obviously, the first the one I paid org was reasonable compared to. Yeah, the first one I paid payout. big money for was peepers.com. I uh, did so, you buy that off of a porn site? Well, uh, interesting. I mean, you can tell me if it's an interesting story. So I owned Peepers sunglasses in the Holiday Center Mall, and I wanted to. Um, oh, I, those I didn't know those were affiliated. That's cool. Yeah, I remember. So those. I had Peepers sunglasses in the Holiday Center Mall. And I'd moved my business online, but my original domain name was www.digitaldiscounts forward slash tilde peeperssunglasses.html. Try telling that to people over right. the phone. So that taught me why a domain name is a good domain yeah, name is important. And you so need a second business card for that. Yes, you do. I mean, yeah. people. So are you on the internet? Yeah. What the that, fuck is a tilde? Yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's a little thing above an N. Above the one on the right. Yeah. I know what a tilde is, but it means people- it means. Yeah. about it means yeah. something vague yeah in in the general area of so uh so that you, people say well what's your domain what's your domain address i'd be well it's www.digitaldiscounts forward slash tilde dot peeper sunglasses dot html so you say that a couple times people are like how do you spell tilde yeah yeah eventually you need <laughs> you need to get a new domain name so that well i would love to have peepers.com because the name of my business is peeper sunglasses so i went online this is 1997 and I looked up Peepers, uh, and nobody was using it. It wasn't being used. So I went to the Who Is. I found who was using it. I uh, sent him. I called him up because his phone number was there. And I said, hey, I see you're not using Peepers.com. I'd like to buy it. He said, well, I'm not using it right now, but I don't want to sell it because I own a chain of strip clubs called Peepers. So I probably will use it someday. I said, oh, darn. So I read Mark Zuckerberg all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so I read. So I Mark, boy, do I have a deal for you? <laughs> so I registered peepsun.com, and uh, that taught me a valuable lesson too. Because what's your domain name? It's peepsun.com. Is that S O N or S U N? Oh, it's S. It's S U N. Okay. Uh, is that P W? Yeah, P W E P. So saying it too many times, so I thought, you know what, this isn't working either. So six months later, I called him up again and I said, "Would you sell your domain? I see you're still not using it." He said, "Yeah, I'll sell it. Okay, if, uh, uh, I want six thousand dollars." And I said, and "I was, I six thousand dollars was a lot of money to me at the time." Shit, so six thousand dollars is a fortune. To yeah. Me right so I now. said, but I knew that it was important, and so I said, "Okay." And I was actually pretty excited. He said, and I want a really nice telescope. <laughs> and he, this is a guy who owns a strip club called Peepers. <laughs> yes. He's like, and I want a really nice telescope. I go, okay, okay. And I want you to agree to never use it for porn. I go, oh, okay. So then we signed a deal and I got peepers.com. And I was so happy. I'm like, people are like, Where, what's your internet address? So it's peepers.com. And I asked the phone, hello, thank you for calling peepers.com. So that was my first domain name. Super happy. Nice. And now it's... Um, now it's this guy. These people bought it from... It's like sunglasses? Are, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Or glasses. Are they reading glasses? I had to. Lo- I looked up all of these things, mm-hmm. the binoculars and t- uh, telescopes I don't think is even still up. No, telescopes.com redirects to telescope.com, which is Orion, I believe, yeah. which was our competitor many years ago. Oh, yeah, it looks they actually like- sell prescriptions? They uh, sell Prescription glasses. glasses? They sell reading glasses is their big thing. I Perfect think. pair finder. It's a dating site. <laughs> <laughs> judging by the judging by the stock images of these only two people, I yeah. hate stock images. Oh, that one guy is just like getting them all. Well, no, th- those two are the same, and then you go to the blonde. That's different. 
but it's the same dude. It's his son. He's, they just got one dude. He's like the male version dude. of a cougar, yeah. right? Like salt and they call that a silver and... fox, I, would, I do believe. Yeah, I looked up internet.org and... Oh, so they're doing a good thing with it. And I'm guessing that there's some sort of profit motive behind it. Oh, there's got to be. There's got to be. That's probably the only reason why Elon Musk is sending all those sidelights up there. He's going to make some money off this shit. Well, if you're somebody, I mean, if you're Mark Zuckerberg, you have to have at least something to write off on your taxes as good things. So there's every charity. It's sad to say every charity has a ulterior motive. Tax write-off. There's a plus to everything. Yeah. All right. So one of the, or basically our main premise and the reason for starting Barstool Banter was to capture bar stories. Not in this, well, bar conversation, but we also like to hear bar stories. Do you have any amazing or like fun or, well, I, we also love regrettable fuzzy stories. Fuzzy or bizarre. Or fuzzy, drunken, like I maybe you could fill in a blank. Uh, so yeah, I've told a couple so far, but one that I didn't tell. I used to be a, a nightclub DJ. What haven't you done? I used to own a hearse. That's a story too. <laughs> okay. Uh, so while I, while I was for a, business or pleasure? Uh, well, <laughs> both, both. Yeah. Okay. We're all in this together, and that's my kind of porn. Reminds me of a favorite joke. What's the best part about a hooker dying on you? Get the second hour for free. Oh. <laughs> that's good. So I uh, so I was a DJ at a nightclub called the Antique Nightclub in East Grand Forks, Minnesota. Okay. Uh, this was 1990, 1990 to 1993. For a nightclub, that would be an antique. So back then, Minnesota's drinking age was 18. And North Dakota's drinking age was 21. Oh, the good old days. And all the college students would then leave Minnesota and go over to the – or leave North Dakota and go to the Minnesota side to drink because it was 18. So the antique nightclub was a great place for people to go because it was just on the other side of the Red River in Minnesota. And the club was built in nine, late 1900s and you know prohibition was in the 20s so that you'd go underneath the bar and there'd be these tunnels that would go underneath the river to North Dakota to run booze. But about this time also this is 1990s early 1990s police department in East Grand Forks was very strict in the way that the liquor laws were kept. You had to have your bar emptied by 1 a.m. No, no grace period, no. So everybody had to be out by 1 a.m. So we'd work, and then they would look in the windows to make sure that the bar was empty by 1 a.m. So we would make sure everybody was out by 1 a.m. And then we would all go downstairs in the basement, all the staff, and we'd go in these tunnels and we'd play card games like cheat your neighbor and we'd smoke marijuana and and gamble until like 4 a.m. <laughs> drinking underneath the Red River. And I guess there's no really joke to that, but that's just a story. This is a fucking cool, cool story, yeah. man. Yeah, is this a, place still in existence? No, because there was the flood in 1997, the, oh. like the worst flood ever, and it, it destroyed the antique. It just oh. and it and it really hurt Whitey's, which was the store, right, the bar right next door. Fuck Whitey. The antique, <laughs> the antique never reopened. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Says the Irishman. Yeah, the antique never reopened. Super white. But uh, that's one of my favorite I, I just memories. Chris, Chris was, Farley there when he was 
high as fuck in black sheep. <laughs> Kill Whitey! And during that stretch when I worked at that bar, I drove a hearse. Nice. And how I got the hearse. Did yeah, you? That was, I was going to ask, yeah. how did the hearse come about? Well, I, I, I do, I run. And in North Dakota, uh, back then when I was younger, I would run 10 miles a day, which is a lot. I don't run that much anymore. I walk but when miles. you run 10 miles, yeah, when you run 10 miles, you have a lot of time to think. And part of my running. Like, why am I doing this? Yes. This really hurts. <laughs> Nothing's I love chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> so I would I would run past this consignment car lot, and there was a hearse in the consignment car lot, and the price on the windshield was $4,700. And I thought, who <coughs> the fuck would buy a hearse? But then as you have enough time to run, you start to think, you know, if the price was low enough, I'd buy a hearse. Yeah. I mean, I'm driving a 1972 Custom Cruiser station wagon that my parents used to own. Might as well be a hearse. So I may as well own a hearse. Yeah. But uh, and so I thought, well, More space for a Lalo in the back. If <laughs> brown the, chicken, if, brown wow. If the price is low enough, I would buy a hearse. And I and thought the bed slides out. <laughs> <laughs> There's rollers. There's rollers in the back. And so I thought, you know, because you, you just have all this time to think, I think, well, what price would it take for me to buy a hearse? Oh, and imagine the pranks you could pull. Priceless. Mm-hmm. Just I, driving around, all of a sudden you have like a casket that just falls out and you just keep on going. <laughs> so I thought in my head, I thought $700. If the price was $700, then even I would have to buy a hearse. So I would keep running past this consignment lot and, and they would cross the price off the windshield. One day it was like $2,700 and then another day it was $1,700. Another day it was $1,100. And one day I'm running past $700. And it dropped from what? From 4700 <laughs> In this consignment lot, you know, this is many months that it's been. What's their deal with the number seven, though? I don't. I think it's a very, it's a very satisfying psychological price. Seven psychological pricing. It's why things are ninety nine, ninety nine. Well, yeah, it's not a hundred. It's not a hundred bucks. I guess ninety eight hundred. It's almost ten thousand. Correct. So I. I, so I ran past it and it said $700 and I thought, whoa, $700. And I kept running. I go, well, I made a deal with myself. I gotcha. said 700 So gotcha. I veered off my course. I went into this consignment lot and there's like six older guys playing Ooh. cards. It's the middle of January in, Nor- in Grand Forks, North Dakota. They're playing cards. They don't see normal people. They don't see people. And so I walk in, I run in there in my running clothes and I said, I'd like to take the hearse for a test drive. <laughs> And one of them dies. Price just spikes. Sorry, we're going to need that. Uh, Would you take delivery in a week or two? They're like, you what? I said, I'd like to take the hearse for a test drive. So they pull out this drawer full of keys, and you can just hear all the keys rattling, and they're digging around. They go, where are the keys to the hearse? The one with the skull on it. Way in the back. They pull, here they are, here they are. And they go out. The hearse is buried in snow, except for the windshield. And so they all have to get out these shovels, and I think, they're all so old, they're going to have heart attacks. I need to You're help prepared. Them. Yeah. I need to help them. So I said, can I help you shovel? No, no, we'll do it. So uh, Meanwhile, uh, you're just standing back. I'm just watching. first customer. <laughs> 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 they get it all dug out, and now they go, I wonder if it'll start. And I wonder, too. I mean, because it's cold. It's North Dakota. It's been sitting there all winter. They put the keys in. They turn the keys. It starts right up. Starts right up. I said, well, 
I'd like to take it for a test drive and I'd like to take it to my mechanic. Like I have a mechanic at age 22, but I, my car was so old that I actually did have a mechanic because I had to take my car in so often. So I had this guy I knew. So I drive into his, his auto repair shop with the hearse. And I said, can you check this out? I'm thinking of buying it. He goes, what? Why are you going to buy this? And I said, well, it's only $700. And he goes, okay. So he, he opens the hood and he goes, wow. And then he gets inside. He looks, puts it up on the lift. He goes, wow, how much do they want for this thing? I said, $700. He said, okay, that's an amazing price. Let's take it for a drive. So we get in the car. We're driving around. He goes up the only hill in Grand Forks, which is about this tall. But as he's going up the hill, he floors it. And he goes, uh-oh. I said, what? He said, well, let me do it again. And by now, I'm getting excited. I think, wow, I'm going to get an amazing deal because I'm willing to own a hearse. He says, listen, as we go up this hill, you're going to hear this sound that goes, and I said, what? He said, listen, way down deep in the engine. So he goes up the hill, he floors it, and, he's, and I hear, boom, 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 boom. And he said, that is a bad rod bearing. That's a bad rod bearing in the engine. The engine can go at any time, and then you'll have to rebuild the engine. I wouldn't buy it. I said, oh. And so I was so sad. So we get back. I drive it back to the, the consignment lot. And the guys go, well, well? And I said, well, I'm not interested. There's a knock way down deep in the engine. It's a bad bear rod bearing. It could go at any time. So I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, they go, okay. So I give them back the keys and I go back to work. And as part of the thing, when I took the keys, I had to tell them where I worked because they wouldn't just let anybody take a hearse for a test drive, I guess. So then I... I Hello, Clarice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm at work, and the phone rings, and uh, I pick it up, and the guy goes, I heard you took my hearse for a test drive today. I said, what? I heard you took my hearse for a test drive today. I said, yeah. Why didn't you buy it? <laughs> okay, Harry Carey. <laughs> I said, well, uh, because there's a knock way down deep in the engine. The engine go at any time. I'm not interested. He said, it's got to be worth something. I said, well, there's a knock. I mean, the engine go anytime after. I Make me an offer. I said, what? Make me an offer. It's got to be worth something. I'm thinking, well, I mean, if it's. I said, I'm make me an offer. I said, $250. He said, sold. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Now, did you do anything to the interior of it? or? Well, so then I had to go pick it up from him. Okay. And so uh, I went, and it turned out that he was an experiment. in the new. There's a human nutrition lab in Grand Forks, and he was— So, hello, Clarice. Yeah. <laughs> he was an experiment in this human nutrition lab, so they have two doors— so you have to walk through a door, and then he had to come through another door. And the doors make this sound when they open, like Star Trek, like, psh. And so they open the door. He comes out with two escorts. He has guards with him because in the New Human Nutrition Lab, you can't eat anything except what they give you. So, like, they'll give you a chocolate chip cookie. Which is not people. Yeah, well, at least in his experience. Okay. As far as I know. Yeah, we don't know that for sure. All right. So he walks out. I give him my check for $250. He gives me the title and the keys. And I drive off as a new owner of a hearse. When I, I, so I worked, I worked. Somebody who owns a hearse <laughs> works at a human nutrition lab. <laughs> he was an experiment in the nutrition. He was a test subject at the human nutrition lab. So I worked at this mall. He probably didn't need it anymore anyway. 
in the addition to my my night job as a DJ, I had a day job at the mall at the South Forks Plaza, which I called the most post-nuclear plaza because it was half empty. But the anchor store at the post-nuclear plaza was a, was a Kmart. What I would do is I'd park the hearse really far away from the entrance at the farthest at the end of the lot because I had found that when I walked out of the store at night, invariably I would see people peeking into the back of the hearse because they were, I mean, just people would just see a hearse in the parking yeah, lot. Morbid curiosity. Yeah, and they would wonder what was back there. <laughs> so at this time, I also happened to own a business uh, called the Funk Chic Boutique, which was a clothing business, and I had some extra mannequins. No. <laughs> So I would take the mannequin parts, like an arm, and I would just, stick just it. the parts, not a full not, mannequin. Not the full mannequin. That's I, even better. And I would, like, have one of the seats up. So in back, there was a seat where, like, the one of the attendants could sit. They would fold up, and then there's a place for the hearse to roll in. I would stick, like, an arm coming out of one of the holes in the back of the hearse. And then I would right. take the curtains, and I'd pull them together so there's just a tiny little crack like about an inch wide. So people would have to really look in and then they'd see this arm sticking out the back. And uh, that was fun. So walking towards that hearse, watching people scatter as I would get closer, kind of like cockroaches. I enjoyed that. Uh, just so much. Should have dressed like Morticia Adams, just <laughs> sort of. That's now, now you know my fetish. <laughs> I'm just happy it's legal. <laughs> Well, that's the kind of porn I can get behind. Yes. So, uh, you know, and at Halloween, at Halloween, I was... You're dead to me. I was the most popular. <laughs> at the Halloween, we'd fill it up with people. We'd stop at the stoplight. Everybody would get out the hearse, run around the hearse, and then get back on the hearse. And I became very attached to the hearse. I'd go to, I'd go to Menards, and I'd buy wood, and I could buy like a 10-foot long 2 by 4 and you'd just slide it right in the back. Right. And so you'd pull into Menards, and be like, what in the world? But it was, it was so practical because I had the rollers for the, for the coffins. Mm-hmm. You'd just slide it right now. in. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we, we have know. somebody just casket fall out with a faulty door latch and then just somebody <laughs> jump out of the thing dressed like a zombie and just attack the next car that they see. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good way to get your friend shot. But, I mean, at yes. least you're still driving, so you don't care. You can find new friends. So this was in Grand, this was in Grand Forks, North this. Dakota. So I, when I moved to Duluth, I still had the hearse, and I could fit all my belongings in the hearse. It was so huge. I, everything I owned fit in the hearse. So I packed up. I moved to Duluth. I just want to sing the Beverly Hillbilly song there. But so I packed up and moved to Duluth. <laughs> it's not the first time that's actually been brought up on this podcast. <laughs> right. So no. it's all right. And the first thing I come in off Highway 2 is I'm coming down Central Entrance. You know, Central Entrance can be steep. And I didn't realize how bad my brakes were on the hearse because Grand Forks is so flat. So I am literally having to turn off on 4th Street, afraid that I'm not going to make it. And I realized I cannot drive this car in Duluth. No. So I put the, put an ad in the Back then, the internet still didn't really exist. But what they did have was these Auto Trader magazines. Well, that's because you didn't buy it for. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't own the internet. Then. Own the I internet had invented yet. it. Al Gore didn't do it. No. Yeah. So, uh, so I put it in this magazine. It cost nine ninety nine. They left your ad in there until the, your vehicle sold. That was their guarantee, which was the beautiful okay, thing, yeah. because you could leave the ad in. And I knew it was going to take a long time to find somebody who was interested in a hearse. One day, I get a call. The guy at the other end says, I hear you have a hearse for sale. I said, I said, yes, I do. And he says, well, can I look at it? So it, right then it was, it was parked in the Holiday Inn ramp. And uh, the guy comes over and he has his two kids with him and his wife. And he pulls out a tape measure. And he, he measures the top of That's the, always a good sign. Yeah. He, measures, <laughs> he, 
He walks around the back with his kids and his wife, and they measure the opening in the. You know what? Forty two hundred dollars, the original asking price, and I don't ask any fucking questions. <laughs> <laughs> and and he says. 43 inches, and they all look at each other, and they jump up and down, and they go, yes, 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 43 inches. And then he measures the, the width, and it's 56 inches. Yes, yes, yes. And they go, so how much do you want for it? And I said, I want $1,100. And he said, mm, well, you take less? I said, no, I had the engine rebuilt, which I did. So they paid me $1,100, and as they're getting ready to drive away, I said, I got to ask, what are you going to use it for? And he said, llamas. Okay, I, I see. I was thinking like, like, like maybe the kids had a pony. I, and I said, I, I went a little darker with. Yeah. It. I said, what? He said, llamas. I said, huh? He said, llamas. If they kneel down, they'll fit back here. And we show llamas. We'll take them to the fair. Then we show the llamas. We'll put straw back here. We're gonna carry around two llamas in the back of there. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, that's not a great thing to see, stroll up to a state fair. <laughs> Just and he, yeah. The deep-fried Snicker bar claimed another victim. You you walk up to the hearse, you peek into the curtain, and you see lava. That's, that's the best. Case. That's almost better than the uh, mannequin the mannequin arm in parts that you uh, had going on. But llamas is the best case scenario for somebody measuring the opening of a hearse. So that's my hearse story. Yeah, no, I went darker, like maybe a mother-in-law or mother passed away that couldn't fit in the normal size. An awful big mother. <laughs> the the buying, kind you have to remove with the crane. They're the, buying the, it as a casket? The kind you have to cut the, the you know, the house, you know, wall out of the house to get her out, you know? The what's eating Gilbert Grape? Is that the, yes. is that the movie? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, Danielle, real quick, uh, where can people see you perform in the near future? Well, it depends on things, how things reopen. I mean, I was the regular host at the Dublin's Pro Show, which is one of my, um, I, I really appreciated having that position. It was every Friday night, and we had just gotten great press in Minneapolis um, and the Growler magazine, or no, Growler magazine, so they, yeah. did, they did a feature on us, and then we shut down right after the feature. Oh, oh. Damn. But we were having sellout shows, so that's every Saturday night. I don't know when or if those will return. I hope, that, I expect we will at least give it a shot. We so that was at Dublin's and on Superior Street. Definitely um, let us know. We'll promote it. And we, we actually, Dave and I have some gift certificates to Dublin yeah. for, for some drinks. And uh, The shows there are great. They're great. They're, I mean, we get the, we get top-of-the-line comics from all oh, the Yeah, it's, it's what I hear. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I reached out on the page mm-hmm. trying to find a local comedian. And mm-hmm. I was honored that you reached back out to us wanting to come on here. It's been a freaking pleasure <laughs> having you. Yeah. really funny. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, tomorrow night I'll be at Average Joe's. Oh, so you will be doing yeah. something. Oh, yeah, well, there we go. Average Joe's reopened. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, every 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 Monday. every Monday. It's every Monday at Average Joe's. Until I die, oh. I guess. Oh, I mean, I associate with a lot of people. It's wow, way to go morbid. Of it. So, <laughs> what time on Monday is Average Joe's? Uh, and technically, it starts at 8.30. So, uh, how, how would one get a hold of you for booking to get you? Uh, Danny at chaos.com. X-A-O-S. Love it. My domain. X-A-O-S. Do you I, own that I, domain name too? I do. I know. That was X-A-O-S. That was, was like, eh, eh. Uh, If you ever run through a Barstool Banter domain name, let me know. I'm not going to give you. We don't have $40,000. Yes. I don't have a Chrome briefcase full of money. I have prettiest.com. I get you a Crown Royal bag with singles. I'll trade you for a bottle of liquor. <laughs> But we'll, we'll post uh, we'll post uh, links to your page on ours. Uh, anything else? <laughs> was that the entire ice bucket? That was the entire oh, ice yeah. bucket. 
So yeah, Danny at chaos.com. Go to chaos. It's a good website. Chaos.com is just xaos.com. And you can find booking. Yep, that's your yep, email you address. Can contact me. Contact there. you. Yep. Sounds like support. I can get home. We're all in this together. <laughs> we are very happy to still be above Tower of New Tavern, recording in the VIP lounge. This is the VIP. Such lounge. as it is. Such <laughs> as it is. I'm not going to knock it, but it is. Uh, it's nice to have. It's nice to have our own private bar to record this podcast in. And uh, tonight's bar service is provided by On The Fly. Bar service professionals, if you are a bar owner in need of a fill-in or have a private party, you need a bar service, contact Johnny McGee. Information is on our page. And if you are enjoying our content, please consider donating to our Patreon. Uh, We are still looking to update and buy new equipment. And also, whiskey is not free. Dave. How does somebody donate to our Patreon? The link is on our Facebook page group. It is also connected to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, So you can find it anywhere you find our material. So from us here at Barstool Banter, I'm your host, Dave. And I'm Nikki. I'm Johnny. I'm Kane. Danielle. And again, Danielle, thank you very much. It has been an honor and pleasure having you all. 